Hey, welcome to Sense Episode 80. This is January 23rd, 2017, and no... Your mind did not fuck with you. This is a special Monday edition of Two Cents, just because. Well, this is a live on Doctor News show we do here at Dollar Reviews. We cover tech, TV, movies, streaming, video games, VR, and this week as a very special edition, politics. I'm Brian Gillis. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian Gillis. It's B-R-Y-O-N-G-I-L-L-I-S. You can also send me an email at brian at dollarviews.net, and I'm here with Stephen Mominex. Hello, everybody. He's very enthusiastic. It's very late where he is, and he is tired, and he's had to listen to me talk about some stuff that he's heard me talk about for, like, the longest time ever for the last four months. And I have the months. flu. Let's not forget. That's yeah. why we're a day late. Yeah. Hey, but, uh, here's something. I Literally, I could not talk yesterday because um, I had a sore throat that was that bad. I was worried it was laryngitis or strep throat. I don't know. Probably just a really severe sore throat, whatever. It's better now but i'm here i actually set up chef geo to replace you last night but he got he was late in at work he was stuck in traffic and i kind of just sat in bed and looked at the ceiling for a couple hours anyway (laughs) enjoying my my time off while just thinking about my life uh but here's something maybe to put some pep in a step right at the beginning of the episode it's the big thing that happened this week this is why i'm happy that we're recording on monday night instead of sunday star wars episode 8 has a title and it's the last jedi it is important to note here Jedi is both plural and singular, so who knows if someone's going to die, or this means it's the last three of them, or God knows what. But hey, it's got a title. That means the trailer's around the corner. It's pretty obvious. I mean, well, on the surface, we can assume one thing. I might not mean that, but... Mark Hamill's not dead. They didn't kill off Luke. No, no, no. It's not that he's dead, but it's probably referring to him, as in it'll be more about him. I hope so. Then again, you know, I I, I don't know. It's it's cool. It has a title. It's another Star Wars movie. We got 11 months to go. We should have a uh, less than 11. Actually, it's coming out uh, January 15th. So we're at the 10 months and counting days. December. Yeah. December 15th. You said January. Oh, sorry. It's January. It's coming out in December. But yeah, we're we're at (laughs) the... Yeah, so it's 11 months. No, it's 10 months. It's 10 months and some days. That's what I'm saying. No, 11 months, because, I mean, a month ago, that would have been 12 months. That would have been a full year. We got 11 months to go. A little less, maybe, like 10 months and three weeks. Exactly. It's 10 months and some days. Uh, So, yeah, we we should be getting... I just like 11. 11's a good number. We should be getting a teaser any day now, I would assume. By April. I'm curious what movie they're going to attach it to. Well, that, it'll probably be on... um, Guardians, but Celebration no, is think, this April in Florida, so they're definitely going to show a trailer No, I think there. the trailer is coming April, but I think a teaser is going to be literally any day now. I'm almost surprised, because think about it. How much more buzz would they have gotten if they premiered a teaser with the title attached to it versus just announcing the title directly? So it, well, they do, it has to be I, like no a day really from now. does that anymore now. They should have. With Star I, Wars, you get away with that. cool, yeah, no, but like uh, Force Awakens, they announced that title, what, like, I think three weeks before the first this teaser came out. It's a different situation, though. We've, that was also an unprecedented tr- teaser because it came out like more than a year before the yeah. movie was even due, and that was just to get excitement around it, really. But yeah, no, I'm pretty sure the very first thing we'll see, it's probably going to be from Celebration. I, like, like, I, no, I, th- that probably will be the teaser that we get. I think it's going to be like next month. I wouldn't be surprised, actually. I mean, Oscar nominations are coming out tomorrow morning. If during the Oscar ceremony, mind you, it's on ABC, it is Jimmy Kimmel, they're going to have the after show across the street at the Jimmy Kimmel Live, uh, mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know, during the Oscar presentation itself, during the ceremony, the trailer, I meant the t- trailer, but the teaser airs. Cause I, Could be, I don't know, it, it uh, just from 
it doesn't make sense to whet the appetite of fans for celebration and give them a bunch of stuff beforehand. Then it makes it seem like there's no reason for them to them to go to that. They would but go anyway. They went for how many years when movies weren't even being produced? They would so bitch about it. Though, fuck but. them. Who cares? Like, if you have that much money, you can get work off. You go to the hotel. You're doing all that shit. Like, celebration attendees are crazier about that stuff than uh, Star Wars, uh, San Diego Comic Con is. To be honest, yeah, it's like one of the the weirdest fandoms out there um so yeah a lot happened this week especially in terms of what we talk about but then more so like i said in terms of what we don't and i'm referring to politics as most people in the free world or maybe the world in in general know we have a new president here in the united states we have the 45th president of the united states his name is donald trump and uh to say response to that was mix would be putting it lightly we don't have enough time even in our two-hour general runtime to go over everything that transpired but i think the biggest one is despite the kind of protests that were happening there in dc which are really negative just one day after the inauguration we had the women's march on washington which happened to be like one of the biggest peaceful protests in history in the la uh downtown la alone there was over 750,000 attendees and not a single arrest I know in Austin, Texas, I think it was like it around was like it was like three hundred thousand. Yeah, um, it was huge and it was beautiful, and I was right in the center of it. Oh yeah, yeah, I did not yes, go. I, I witnessed it. It was awesome. Though. I I was busy doing something else. I'll get to that a little later on the show. Um, but one of the other cooler things that happened, and this has gone like viral now because of a, a segment from yesterday, but Shia LaBeouf actually like announces his latest uh, art project in response to the presidency. It's called He Will Not Divide Us. And it's a live stream housed outside the Museum of the Moving Image in Queens, and it's intended to last the entire four-year or eight-year term of the president. Uh, it's crazy because all it is is anyone's invited to go out there. It's It's facing the streets and you're just supposed to go out there and and say in protest he will not divide us but there was like someone who was out there earlier today i believe it was or maybe it was sunday who was like a white supremacist and shia LaBeouf, you can find this clip it's like a gif it's a video where he's like getting all up in shy's face or maybe it's the reverse of that and he oh man like he's not getting hurt or anything but just Imagine someone being right on your face and yelling, he will not divide us. Uh, You you should look this up. Like I said, between the Women's March in Washington and this, much better than what they actually did on D.C. Because they burnt, like, Donald Trump's limo on fire. Like, they were destroying, I don't know if they were destroying businesses, but it was not peaceful. They were doing fucked up shit. There's also, like, a gif that I saw on Reddit uh, on the front page where um, there's a guy after the inauguration wearing a make America great again sign picking a hat picking up all of the litter that was left from the protest yesterday and the day before so hey you might not support the president you might not support his supporters but it looks like they're already picking up the slack um, and this is the best thing about the presidency so far too and like I said there's been lots of negative stuff I, I don't want to get into that because you can go anywhere on the internet too mm-hmm. um, but amid all this negativity facing the press, especially with the press er- uh, secretary, they announced something today which is pretty fucking cool. Spicer uh, announced what they're calling four Skype seats that are going to be added to the press room. And what this is, it's going to allow journalists who were previously unable to attend press conferences to be present via Skype. And it, it's the right step, I believe, for anyone in the internet-connected world to make yeah. you know their version of public, uh, you know, just journalism 
more realistic because it, it does suck if you think about it like you have to live pretty close to the capital you have to already be in cahoots with that press uh like junket to even get there i mean and then also you like you keep in mind like when the president travels there's a section on air force one just for the press, for the press alone. Yeah. yeah so now up to four people at any time could be invited and then get their answers uh I don't know if they'll be answered, but they can at least ask questions, or at least they can be yeah. present. And this opens it up to just about anyone, including, you know, like, uh, people in college. They're doing, like, school journalism or anything. And I think it's, uh, like, a, a silver lining uh, for everything else that's happened so badly so far. Yeah, like, that's at least opening up a relationship with uh-huh. the media instead of closing the doors on one. Yeah, know? it's like I said, there, there's been a lot of fucking stupid stuff, alternative yeah. facts, and... There's going to be so many different sound bites for just, I would assume, the next four years. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to try to make it a point to, to bring out the better things on a weekly basis or whenever they pop up. Maybe not the top of the show, just in, in general. That way people don't look at it like it's doomsday or the end of times. Uh, because it, it seems to me already that we're kind of moving as a, a country forward. And I already saw this thing on Twitter where it was like, you know, Donald Trump, he says that he's he doesn't care about his taxes. They're being audited or whatever. How about we have our next protest on tax day? And I like that. I would shout for that one. That that would be kind of <laughs> cutesy. Um, I, w- I would like that. Uh, but it's not all about the president that's in office now. Let's also talk about the one that just left. Barack Obama and family is currently in Palm Springs on vacation, so that sucks for them. They picked the wrong time to come to Southern California. Yeah. Gotta love the you guys rain. guys are getting hit real hard by rain. Pretty damn hard. Uh, yeah, I love it, I mean, though. Like, I've, I've seen floods outside of people's homes. Oh, no, yeah, it's it's just like flooding on the freeways. Holy shit, I am happy I'm gone from there. Yeah, the freeways are flooded. The 110, oh I heard the God. 605. Um, yeah, I heard the 405 was closed down in sections. That, that's oh, insane. I don't have work till Friday. It's, I'm very happy so hard about to that. that. I can literally stay home until the rain's probably going to be over. So kudos to me. Uh, but what I bring up about the first... It's funny. It's like, in terms of terminology, Obama's plane and helicopter are no longer Air Force One or, like, uh, Naval One. They have new names. He is always going to be a president, but do we refer to him as the first family, or is it like the Obama family now? Like how, in the same way that the Twitter handles were transitioned to to the Trump inauguration, like I've always been confused about this kind of stuff because I know what an incumbent is, I know what a lame duck is, but literally, like what he's always going to be the forty fourth president of the United States. He's always going to be President Obama. It's not like the ex president. He's always going to have like uh, security around. Yeah, he's uh, he's always going to have the Secret Service. Like that, once you become president, you get that for life. Um, But anyway, the the reason I bring up the first family or the past first family or the Obama family, I'll just call them that from Mm -hmm. now on, is uh, it's actually related to the show. It's a perfect just segue into what we actually talk about. Molly Obama is going to start interning for the Weinstein Company when the first family finishes their vacation in New York City. So that's really cool. She's going to Harvard, I believe, but she's taking like a year off before she goes. So she's going to be working for Harvey Weinstein, which is big enough as it is. But when I was reading about this, it, it came to my attention that she also interned on Girls last season. Yeah. So and I think she had to drop out because it just got to, uh, like, you know, they were still in the White House. and. Uh-huh. I, I guess they just couldn't shake off the press. Um, I've, but yeah, no, no. I, I heard th- vague things about that, I, which I, I'm pretty sure I brought it up on the show. If I haven't, I've talked to, 
with you about it off air or other people. But Maybe, this, yeah. without a doubt, spells out to me that the Obamas have intentions to stay involved with Hollywood. We know how big Hollywood was in terms of supporting them just with donations and super PACs and stuff. But think well, about... I don't know if necessarily it's the family as a collective, but more that their daughter just has filmmaking No, I, I think it's the family. I would oh, be... You don't think Michelle Obama, given how much she was on TV between like Sesame Street and Ellen and talk shows, Jimmy Fallon, she was a staple on Jimmy Fallon, that she mm-hmm. might not get a TV talk show or at the very least start appearing more often, maybe get acting roles. I'm pretty sure Obama already has an agent, and if not, that <laughs> he's going to be in more stuff, whether that be TV. I-, I wouldn't be surprised if like he guest hosted SNL in the coming months, just because. Like, I mean, okay, yeah, maybe it's just that, I don't know, that sounds kind of scary thinking about it that way for some reason to me. Uh, it's like Bill Clinton was on Arsenio Hall, like, I don't know what George W. No, 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 if you're talking about, like, the family themselves, oh, they have aspirations. I, I like think that. they yeah, do, it's... though, no, yeah, like, I, Malia, obviously, Sasha, who knows mm-hmm. where she is, is she even alive still, is she, like... On, on the planet. Yes, um, come on, jeez. But, no, yeah, I think Barack and Michelle, they, yes. We already got, like, three movies about their their lives. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they're in a movie themselves. Maybe he gets a, a true biopic and he stars in it or something. Eventually, I, I yeah. think he's already finished his next memoir, and that's going to be published, like, in the next year. Uh, but, no, trust me. Trust me. Something's going to happen probably before June where it's like, yep, okay, you're right, Brian. Yeah, he's he's... He's moving to Hollywood. I mean, I'm sure that the that family, there will be more stories about them in entertainment just because this current administration is so hated that uh, even, what, like three days within... Um, Almost three days. Within their rule now. Yeah, that uh, people are probably going to be hungry for stories of the Obamas just for some comfort. Maybe. You know, I mean, because that was, yeah, like a lot of people really bought into... Uh, you know, hope and change, and it made them feel good. So that's probably I, I could see that happening at least. But um, did you see that news? I, item I don't know the, where, which one. Uh, it's like Obama. I, I mean, uh, Trump's already announced what his next campaign slogan's going to yeah, be, and it's from yeah. the Purge Anarchy. That's awesome. That's so cool. I mean, that's from the Purge Anarchy, or not Anarchy? What's the the most recent one? Election Day. The election. I yeah. did not see Election Day. Is that yeah. seriously from? Yeah, that? like it's like make keep, keep America, America great. great. Yeah, I guess you, that's oh in the my movie. God, but that is fucking terrifying. I, I think it's just like a a weird coincidence in the same way, and I think this is the stupidest thing. I like didn't even look at it. That oh, Trump quoted Bain in his inaugural address. Yeah, that was funny. It's like, but he didn't. Like he said, yeah. Number one. People that give speeches anywhere in the world don't write them themselves. They have speech yeah, no, writers. Steve Munchkin wrote it for them. And on top of that, also, it's like one line. It's not – who. what I was surprised by is how did the trades pick up on that? Because who's seen The Dark Knight Rises enough times to know A that? A lot of people. No, no I'm no, saying no, to so know what? the Bane speech, though, is like <laughs> – No, no, no. That I saw that through Twitter. There were several people. Like, I, I mean, you A follow – A lot of uh, people. You follow a lot of cinephiles. Somebody that's that's very uh, savvy with the internet and happens to watch a lot of movies, that click for them right away. So I they love put Batman. That real fast. That's I love that Christopher co- Nolan. I've yeah, seen The Dark Knight Rises people, once. Okay, there's a lot once. of people that watch that movie multiple times. There's actually there's a lot of people that love that movie. I'm sure of it. I've and seen there's it a lot time. of fans that love to shit that movie, but you know that they've seen it a crap load of times because they love to nitpick it. 
Oh, wait, I say that back. I've seen it twice. Movies. I saw it in theaters, and I saw it when it hit HBO, but I've seen it twice. I've seen it several times. I mean, it, it, like, you know, people love to quote Bane, even if they like shitting on that it's movie still. A, there's things... It's, like, not even a real Bane. It's, like, the fucking worst Bane out there. It's so sad. Tom Hardy, really? Like, Tom Hardy as Bane. Like, he's good as Tom Hardy, but as the character himself, like, it's it's only a little bit better than Batman and Robin. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Honestly, no, I I mean, I think that The Dark Knight Rises got hurt by a lot of fans bitching about the voice during the prologue, and then the voice just got more uh, loony and just cartoonish, like, when they started messing with it, and that's, I, I wish that they didn't do that, honestly, because it was fine as it was when they did that prologue, but uh, I, I don't know, that's, that movie came out what, almost five years ago now, we don't need to talk about that anymore. For now. Anyway, the other big thing that happened this week before we get into the teasers is Sundance, obviously. Mm -hmm. People are still in Park City looking to find what's new, what's going to be big, and more importantly, especially for the show, purchasing stuff. So this isn't just going to be about Sundance, but also just streaming acquisitions in general. The big one and the biggest purchase pretty much in the history of Sundance goes to Amazon. They snatched the big six for $12 million, but then perspective, Birth of a Nation was ten and a half. And that was a big deal. This is 1.5 million more, and this is for a romantic comedy. Written and starring Kumail Nanjiani, Nanjiani rather. Uh, I'm very excited about this movie before it even got purchased. I remember him tweeting about it. This is something that he wrote with his wife, Emily, who's played by Zoe Kazan in the movie he plays himself. Uh, But it's about their actual relationship so that's really exciting it's a little bit dramatic it's a little bit funny it's directed by michael showalter produced by judd apatow um but yeah i can't wait to see this i'll probably actually go out in theaters to see this one uh i was supposed to see manchester by the sea on tuesday i missed my showtime so i didn't see it it was real sad uh but it's gonna be on amazon you should still see that i mean well i had a free i had a free ticket okay i lost it but it's going to be on Amazon in less than a month. It is. So uh, at it this is. point now, I'm like, tomorrow, if it doesn't get nominated, it probably will by, for Casey Affleck and probably Best Picture. But if it doesn't get nominated, I'm definitely not going. But if it does, yeah, maybe. maybe. Well, let me ask you, are we doing a top ten this year? I don't know. I'm so behind the times. All right. Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll just post mine at some point. Yeah. But, yes, it's in my top ten. Uh, how about this? You guys out there, if you're listening to our show, go find our best, uh, I think it was like, Top. It wasn't called the top top ten show. It was like the top of twenty sixteen show or whatever. Yeah, somewhere. Or twenty fifteen. Find it. Listen uh, to it. Yeah. If you like it, we'll do another one. If you don't, fuck it and go on Letterbox. Read our list. <laughs> that was like a long two hours. My it, opinion. Yeah. It, well, we. I don't know. We. I. I still feel like I don't know. We weren't prepared for that. You threw in like a bunch of awards in there, which which were cool to start off with, but. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to give any of them because I had to think of them on the fly. So that was a bit tough. Oh, no. I'll, I know we definitely did it last year after the Oscar nominations. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily it was like, oh, I want them to, like, not right, impede, you know but, like, influence my picks. But more so, like, I'm I'm slower than the Academy is, to be honest. I'll tell you what, just for fun, if, if you are, unless you want to wait and see if we can do the show, I can read off my top ten right now real quick. Nah. No. Nah. We can save that. I mean... I can tell you where Manchester by the Sea is. If anything, no. we can... Like, I got so many things to watch now. I've just... Yeah. Between Final Fantasy fifteen, which I still haven't finished, um, <laughs> just fucking around with this girl still, or fucking with her, um, 
mm-hmm. and then work and and life and and all kinds of different stuff. I've just right, yeah. I'll hold off for it's now. Like I, yeah. I I'm probably gonna I looked at my list and I got excited. I'm probably gonna watch Moonlight tonight. I think so. Oh yes. I wanted to watch Definitely. it yesterday. I want to go see it in theaters, but I, I think I'm gonna watch it tonight. Um, just because uh, Call Me by Your Name got a lot of praise. I was like, ooh, I want to watch a queer movie. Oh, I got one of those. Okay, yeah, I'll check that out. Uh, the big other acquisition, which isn't a Sundance thing, like I said, they suggest buys, period. YouTube Red has acquired Nick Cannon's King of Dance, King of the Dance Hall, which just sounds really interesting. It's a fish-out-of-water dancing flick, uh, written, produced, directed, and starring Nick Cannon. It's going to mix, like, uh, narrative drama with, like, uh, documentary footage. So it's going to be its own kind of movie. And I don't, I've never actually seen Nick Cannon dance. I don't think so. Who knows if he actually can. But this is. Did he even do that? Or, okay, no, I thought Drumline for a no, second. Yeah, there's, there's I, I have no not d- seen that movie, by the way. Really? But I just realized, no, that's. Yeah, no, I just realized, no, that's not what that movie's about. That might be a debt to cinema pick in the future. I would not mind it. I've seen I, it so I mean, many I, damn times, I don't care. I'm always I'm in the mood for lie. that movie. I've, I've had that movie just pop up in my mind before, and I figured if anyone's going to probably force me to watch that, it's going to be Brian. It's it's one of those things where like it's not on cable frequently anymore, but anytime it was on, I'd watch it. The music, I mean, it's a movie about music, but oh, yeah, no. it's, it's I so good. I remember it being on HBO. I remember seeing TV spots uh-huh. for it when it was in theaters. Uh, people have always said that it's great. I just I've never watched it. Seriously, like there aren't many good uh, like teen. Well, I hesitate to even call that a teen movie. It is definitely mm-hmm. not a coming of age movie, but it is targeted towards like a teen audience. It's a hit movie. Well, it is a high school movie. Isn't no, it's it? college. Um, uh, but it yeah, I mean, in I terms of came out, the two like, thousands, there aren't many of those good like teen movies and that is one of them like it but it's more than that like i said it's, it's just a solid movie really good um well like i said this this king of the dance hall is going to youtube red and the reason i'm even announcing this is because this is a dance movie youtube red they're making the step up adaptation so they just solidified that they're very serious about dancing it makes sense when i remember talking about step up when that uh, series was announced lots of people on youtube post dancing videos you can learn how to do yeah, any no, kind of dance. For the longest time, like, the most popular video on YouTube was the dancing video of, like, the guy on stage, right? Like I don't know. Just, this is back when YouTube first started. I, I completely forgot. But, yeah, like, that was – just but, that's always been one of the biggest things on YouTube. So between totally it makes sense. personal uploads of dancers or choreography videos or, like, mm-hmm. here's a video at the crowd, here's here's a mosh pit, here's a whatever, and then you throw Even into the that. step-up movies integrate YouTube into that. Yeah, the, the, the later ones, yeah. yeah. It's a big yeah. thing, especially – revolution which is oh man it's a bad movie um but yeah i'm 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 not exactly excited about this movie i still don't have a youtube red subscription i did the trial i was gonna do it um i I think about it every once in a while just in terms of what you get at that price point it's a really really good deal but i am interested in this movie it's gonna be premiering at tiff so i think that's like a month from now We're, we're gonna see the reviews uh so yeah i'm curious as to even how this got purchased maybe they showed it uh, like strictly just to YouTube, uh, but kudos to Nick Cannon anyway. You know he was really good in Chirac. He got like almost no praise for that from any of the yeah, award ceremonies. That song's really good too. Uh, which one? For Chirac. Oh yeah, that, you said like some other movie. City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the movie's not that great, but he was he was so good, so good. Um, the movie's really good. Uh, final little piece of acquisition news, though, and this is for Hulu. Uh, Magnolia, who we watched a movie from for tonight, it's Nine Lives. You can catch that in Debt to Cinema on Wednesday or maybe Thursday. Um, they have 
been historically tied to Netflix. Their contract just expired. And now Hulu is going to be getting the pay TV window for their movies. Uh, it's going to be all releases going forward. But as of right now, older titles such as like Hero Dreams of Sushi, Blackfish, and Tangerine are still on Netflix for the time being. So if you haven't seen any of those, maybe not the whale one because I passed on that, check them out. Tangerine is still really, really good. Uh, I might have yeah. to rewatch that before it leaves Netflix because I'm definitely not paying and for it. If you're Hulu. in Austin, you can go see that at the Draft House this weekend, by the oh, way. Oh, cool. So. Yeah, you can. It's like, that's the kind of movie, though. Like, how does that play on a big screen? Because it is shot on an iPhone. Like, does that... Well, no, there's just, there's several, it's it's more of a theme, like, uh, of uh, a black filmmakers or, or just of... Um, that's not a black filmmaker. A black, or, or of, like, you know, of just black uh, characters. Like, in some way, it's about minorities, like, uh, whether it's... Um, whether it's uh, African American women, or you know, like there's Creed that's playing there. They had Bell, they had Selma. You know, in this case though, eh. it's two, uh, it's two African American trans women. You know, so that that's part of the theme, I guess. I guess my point was, I I don't know how that would look on a big screen. It would be weird, right? Yeah, because I mean, it looked again, it looked good on my screen because it's you know not too big and it's streaming anyway, but. But keep in mind, when it first played on a big screen, everyone at the end found out that it was shot on an iPhone. Bullshit! They, were they knew. They people knew. No, they were shocked. You had no, to I mean, have known. You, you could assume it's low grade, but no. Like right when they said it, that surprised a lot of people, and then it just came up in the headlines. I guess. So I mean, yeah, you look at it now, and it's like, okay, yeah, I could totally see it. But uh, even when you're watching the movie, it's like, no, it looks good enough, and you get over that iPhone thing real quick. And there's some shots in there that are. Uh, you know that don't seem that raw that are really really well composed that just it, it's amazing that they got that on the phone what like three years ago now something like that it was a, yeah. it, like all things considered it's an older iPhone by today's standards uh, you can listen to me gush about Tangerine last year said it's on my we talked about it on the dollar reviews show I was a fan of it as well did we talk about dollar reviews we that's we definitely I did. yeah when I saw when it, you that was saw like it. near the end of uh no, no, okay, this is what I did. Yeah, that day I, I did a strange double feature. I did that with Boys Don't Cry. Yeah, it's a weird one. And I talked about that on the Dollar Review show. Yeah, um, both those are great movies. Yeah, Tangerine's a lot of fun. Yeah, but Tangerine was on my year end list, so. Also has James Ransone in it. Yeah, Officer So-and-So. Uh, these are the teasers, though, which I teased a minute ago. These are the news items that are kind of going to whet your appetite before we get to the headlines. Because we get a little bit more after the teasers. You do teasers, then we do our penny thoughts, which is basically like reviews for stuff we enjoyed this week. Then we pimp out our shows that we have, in case you aren't familiar with our actual stuff. And then we got the headlines. So if you're listening to the teasers in a minute here, and you like what we're talking about, you like our viewpoints, you can skip ahead about like 35 to 40 minutes and hear the actual headlines, because there are some really, really good ones. Uh, this week. Uh, the first teaser though is a Twitter only thing. I, this is the kind of thing where I was actually upset about the trades even reporting on it because anyone that gives a shit actually was aware of it as it happened. But Guillermo del Toro, he started a Twitter poll for fan interest in Hellboy 3. He said if it reached 100,000 votes that said yes, he would arrange a sit down with Ron Perlman and Mike Mignola. It only took like 48 hours, not even, it was like 36 <laughs> hours for the votes to be tabbed. Uh, he contacted Ron Perlman. He said he's interested. We're going to see if I can get Mike now. We can do the sit down. So Hellboy could probably actually happen now. The director is busy between um, his, uh, what, what do you call it? Is, uh, what is it? Life with Monsters? What is it? Museum of Monsters? Uh, Troll Hunters. No, no, no. I'm talking about his. Uh, Oh, the exhibit. Yeah, the exhibit. It's on the yeah. road right now. Right now it's in Mexico, I think it is. Um, but he's he's up in Canada shooting a movie currently. 
Plus, he's got the museum exhibit, and then, yeah, he's also promoting Troll Hunters all the time on Twitter. I saw, like, a little bit of the first episode, and I put it down just because it's, you know, not a long show, but it's 23 episodes, and it's Anton Yelchin, and I'm still not quite over him being dead. Um, his final movie I purchased at Sundance, too, so I think that one's going to Netflix. Uh, just mm-hmm. still really sad to even think about. But, yeah, Hellboy yeah. 3, it's most likely going to happen. Super excited. Hopefully he's directing it. Uh, but it would be awesome to actually get a bookend to that with the way that Hellboy 2 ends to finally get closure for that story. Real excited. I voted yeah, yes. Of course. Oh, I, I did not even see the thing, but I would have voted totally. Yeah, it's too late now, but yeah. I was like, I, I think I, yeah. I responded to him like, for the love of God, please fuck yes. Like, Yeah, if it happens, I'll be like, hey, cool. I, you know, it's it's been long enough now that... I think we're coming up on nine years since Hellboy 2 that if it doesn't happen, I'll be like, eh, whatever. But I I would like to see it, honestly. Yeah, I really want to see it. More so than Pacific Rim 2 or just about anything else out there. Godzilla 2, which got Director's Day, and that's not even a news item because who the fuck cares? It's Godzilla. Uh, Well, thank God it's not Gary Edwards. No, he's... He's, I would assume... Even though I have not seen Rogue One, which apparently... Even though Rogue One was good, is, yeah. I would have to assume that he's kind of in director jail right now, so it might be a little bit of time. No, are you kidding me? That Why would he be in director's jail for making, like, the biggest grossing movie of Because he didn't year? make the movie Disney did, and the reshoots are what saved it, not him. That's a known. I'd, that's a known fact. I, like, no, I'd, I'm, I'm, I don't think so. I don't no, know. The, like, the trades not... are have been reporting on that since the movie opened. Like it was like now two it's weeks. Getting that's... No, like I didn't even check it, but there was something that on. I think it was on Variety this week where it was like, "This is exactly the movie what was in trouble because of him." No, it was more so like these are what the reshoots really did for it. And like one of the big things. I, mean, is... I heard that one of the big Darth Vader yeah. moments that everyone loves was a reshoot. yeah. Darth Vader's castle is a reshoot. So, and which is just, I know he has a castle, he has a castle, he has a fucking castle, which is cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he might be a little bit in jail. Uh, Hellboy, staying with comic books for a second here, something that we're excited about on this show. Uh, the biggest movie star on the planet. Just, just, just sorry, no, he can't fucking be in jail, especially after making Godzilla. There's just, no I think he's a little bit in jail. I, I don't see how. But. It's been what, over a month since Star Wars came out and he hasn't been attached to something else yet? Yeah, he can be on fucking break. It took Nolan forever to announce Dunkirk after Interstellar. People take different long periods of, of breaks. What else has J.J. Abrams been doing? Different kind of I filmmaker. Just, I'm just saying. Like, I'm just saying. People take breaks. Maybe not jail, but timeout. Maybe he's on timeout. It's only been a month, and the movie's still playing theatrically. Anyway, jumping from Hellboy to DC, the biggest movie star on the planet is getting his own DCEU film. We already knew The Rock was going to be Black Adam in Shazam. Well, guess what? He's got a spinoff, too. It's going to be a Black Adam star. So that's really exciting. That means that they're expanding what they're doing. You know, Like the week before, we were talking about the Green Lantern Corps uh, having a, a cast running around. It was announced that the shortlist for that might include Ryan Reynolds, so I'm very excited. Our, our dreams came true. I, I swear to God, if that were to happen, like that would be even more I'd be cool with it. That'd yeah. be even more miraculous than Deadpool getting a Best Picture nomination tomorrow. Which is like, <laughs> do you think that could? Have, yeah. If that gets a Best Adapted Screenplay nomination, that'll be miraculous. I don't enough. think you'll get an adaptation uh, nom just because there's a lot of uh, films in the running for that this year. But it could get a nom for best picture. Well, but picture. the WGA gave it a nom over Silence, yeah. right? So yeah, so anything can or, happen. Or not a nom? Did it even give it? It gave it the award, right? Uh, I, I don't think it got award. an award, but yeah, the PGA, the DGA, and and uh, like SAG and the SGA, like 
all the guilds have included it, and it's uh, in their end-of-the-year award ceremonies. So, I mean, Golden Globes didn't, but, I, man, like, no, I, I, I could see this. I, It'll be fascinating to see how it turns It would be tomorrow. awesome. Just after, like, how the Oscars are trying to restructure their, you know, and changing out um, their membership policy and, like, just I, I wonder what this is going to look like, like tomorrow. Ryan Reynolds was nominated for Deadpool, but I, I think the movie... <laughs> Just given the kind of, like, you know, I would much rather Swiss Army Man or Sing Street or, you know, something oh, yeah. like that. Like, something that people should actually see because everyone that wants to see Deadpool's already seen it. And I'm not going to say it's a bad movie, but, hey, you can listen to our review for it. It's not the best movie ever made. It doesn't push the envelope. But it is pretty funny. And it would be awesome to get, like, an honest-to-goodness comedy in the Best Picture running because that almost never happens. And it would be also be the first comic book movie as a nominee, too. So that could open the the earth for things but how cool i mean it's not gonna fucking happen but imagine if like batman versus superman got a nominee in some category other than like best action or i mean uh best like uh stunt work or something like that because it already it's it's topping the razzies with zoolander 2 best visual effects probably yes but or best sound even but um what if ben affleck got nominated <laughs> no it won't happen. No. Like uh, I, I could uh, see best, best production uh, design, costume design, yeah, costumes maybe? or production yeah. design, uh, sound, just the yeah. way that Batmobile sounds. Maybe original score. Some good music in that movie. I don't. The Wonder no, it's Woman not original because it's adapted. Because mm, it's using the Man of Steel. The theme. Man of Steel I mean, that, theme was almost never used. The bat, the new Batman theme, no, 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 and the Wonder used, Woman. It, was, it ends with the Man of Steel theme. For even sakes. still, the, yet, no, the it, Wonder Woman one. It's used quite often. The, yeah, I know, but it's still. It's considered an adapted score. I don't know. The rules are weird so on stupid. that. But In the same way that Toy Story also, 3 it, got nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay because it was based on a film. Yeah, like, but also, I mean, even The Dark Knight that year, it didn't get nominated for the score because technically it's not an original score. And I think Batman Begins got the nom, but The Dark Knight it, didn't for those reasons. It's so stupid. It's just, yeah, it's, technicalities and whatnot. It's so stupid. Like, if you want to go see... Uh, doesn't stop the work from being any less great, and that's all that matters. Sure. Uh, yeah. Batman and and Black Adam to Spider-Man. Sony Pictures Animation Spider-Man flick is going to star Miles Morales. If you don't know who that is, that's the basically the black Spider-Man from Ultimate Spider-Man. The person that everyone in the world wanted Donald Glover to play when they announced the new mm-hmm. movie. Uh, who, if people forget, is actually in the new Spider-Man movie. So congrats to him anyway. Uh, so he's Han Solo. He's going to be in Spider-Man. He's going to be in something else. Who knows what. Uh, but it's written by Phil Lord. I forget who the director is, but this is going to be coming sooner than people think. I think it's next summer. So back-to-back summers, we're going to have Spider-Man movies. And then also Spider-Man's going to be Infinity War. So Spider-Man's probably going to be in a movie. Yeah, so he's going to be in, at, like, two movies yeah, next it's summer. It's like one movie yeah. probably every year until the end of time or something We've like already, that. Yeah, it'll be for... For forever. At last year, there was a Spider-Man in a movie. Um, this year. This year, we got a Spider-Man movie. Next yeah, we're year, we're getting like Spider-Man two. every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even 2019, I think it's part two of Infinity Wars. I mean, that's the point of having a really young actor play Spider-Man, because you can't burn them yeah. out, I guess. Uh, but yeah, if, you, if you're if you excited about Sony, we got a lot about them in the headlines. A really big or bad week for them, you'll be the judge. Uh, but this is something that we've been following next for quite some time here. If you know anything about China, you know that they're trying to rule the world. Um, and AMC Theaters in particular, Dylan Wanda, Wanda's Exhibitor Baby, uh, they just acquired another theater chain. This time it's in Northern Europe. 
Uh, it's the Nordic Cinema Group, and it's the number one exhibitor in Sweden, Finland, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. Uh, they're going to be paying $929 million to saddle them next to UCI, Odeon, and Carmike, uh, which is basically going to secure... AMC Theaters was already the biggest theater channel on the planet. This is going to secure that they're looking to dominate the whole thing and maybe even become a monopoly eventually. Uh, I don't know if I'm scared or excited or whatever, but it, it's an interesting news item because who knew that they had even more money to throw at theater chains? I didn't. Jeez, I wonder when they're going to get Pate next time. Like, maybe Alamo Drafthouse. <laughs> I don't We'll see. Um... Like, it could be Regal Cinema's next. I don't know. It could be. It could be. Yeah, like, no, um... I mean, the good news about, like, monopolies aren't good, but if a singular company ran every theater chain, it wouldn't necessarily be bad because you would have a guaranteed theater experience. Your gift cards would work every single place. You would know what to expect. You'd know how many trailers are shown before the movie. Just, like, a certain an amount of things. Like, it would be... See, though, the Alamo is so different yeah. from other chains, too. I don't know if Tim League would sell, but... Um, uh-huh. it, I... Yeah, it's it's and you know plus they're expanding. It's um, like people love to talk about how great the art like theaters are, and then they also probably forget that that's owned by Pacific Theaters. Like that's part of mm-hmm. a huge theater chain too. Like it's not you know Cinemark or, or AMC or Regal, but it's still in the top five. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they could spin off eventually. How cool would it be if like art like uh, spun off and joined forces with Alamo to like reserve or preserve the the true movie house. At a grand scale, because I'm still waiting for the L.A. Alamo. Like, how how much longer is it going to yeah, take? It's it's coming soon. Yeah, I don't, no, we've been saying that for like two years, man. Like, I don't know. They they have updates every once in a while. Like, um, Long Beach is a big enough like, city. I know they own the space. For Yo, it, yeah, but... they're probably already working on the installation. Just Long Beach is a big yeah. enough city that we could have an Alamo, to be honest. Um, but who knows? No, yeah, probably. I mean, there's even another. There's um, let's see, how many are there here right now? There's uh, like five. Uh, there's five, and there's a sixth one under construction, literally five miles down the road from me. Right That's now. That's ridiculous. So, man. Like, why do you need? And they've been that, updating that one pretty fast. Why do you so. need that many of the same chain in the same city? Like, I get, I understand it's homegrown, but even uh-huh. still, like that seems a little overboard. Like at that point, you are well, a theater it, there's, chain. It's well, they're in different areas of town too, which is nice. Like, there's one. Um, the one that has most of the repertory stuff that I frequent mm-hmm. for all those screenings is um, it's downtown, like on the street um, where all the tourists come and usually drink, where they shut it down like every weekend because there's a lot of people going to bars. Like it's it's in that kind of street, and then there's some in more of like you know family friendly areas, and then there's just one in a nicer, more uh, uh, millennial area. I guess I would I'd put it, but it's. It, it's really weird. Like, there's different clientele in every location. So, yeah, they're they're putting uh, another one in um, in an interesting spot that I don't know if I'll frequent that much. But you know, one of these days, I'm undoubtedly going to visit Austin. Someone else from film school is moving there right now. She posted this picture on Facebook where literally she like packed up her car and she's doing the road trip to move there. I was like, oh, that's exciting. Really? Um, so everyone's moving here, man. It makes like, sense. It's like. Yeah. It, if you're a film grad, you're trying to make movies, go to a, a hip city not too far away that, you know, reveres that kind of thing and is basically birthed on that so, idea. Yeah, the, the film culture here is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, but job-wise, it ain't that easy, of course, but, uh, like, it's you're probably better off sticking in L.A. for that sort of thing. But, I mean, right now I'm having a good time here. So That's good to hear. 
yeah. acquisitions are happening elsewhere. Other elsewhere, excuse me. That's how you know it's live. Uh, Sprint has bought a 33% stake in Tidal, Jay Z's streaming company for music. This is just the strangest thing that happened this week. Uh, so it's not a controlling share. They're not going to be the majority shareholders, but. Like, Tidal's already weird when it comes to exclusives. Like, they get certain albums first. Kanye's uh, The Life of Pablo, anything by Jay-Z, Rihanna, Beyonce. Like, they get it first because it makes sense. They're all part mm-hmm. of the same Illuminati group. But now there's going to be, like, exclusive streaming rights to certain stuff for Sprint members who also obviously have to have a Tidal subscription. So I'm not sure this is going to push people to Sprint, uh, but what some of the trades, especially I think it was in Gadget that picked up on this, that, you know... Sprint and T-Mobile are still probably fucking around with the idea of a merger so they can combat AT&T DirecTV slash Verizon Comcast. Uh, not Comcast. Excuse me. Uh, Verizon. Um, so it's like, uh, it's like, yeah, maybe this could help the T-Mobile merger happen, which I wouldn't be a fan of, but, you know, the spectrum would increase. But this this just, like, it's it's the weirdest thing. Who wants to own only a minority of a music streamer which isn't even one of the big three. I guess Sprint. Like, what do they have to lose, I guess? I don't I don't know. Yeah, I guess everything. I that How do you combat... How, how big is Sprint? Seriously, not that I big. Mean, it's it's number four yeah. in the country. They're below T-Mobile. Like, they're the smallest major. And they don't have, like, the... I mean, what are the big ones? It's just T-Mobile, AT&T, and, uh, and Verizon, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like... Uh, Singular has been dead for a while, hasn't it? No, they went... AT&T became Singular, which became AT&T. They, just, oh, they literally right. just changed the name. It didn't go anywhere. They, they just wanted a, a corporate rebranding to attract different clientele. That's all that happened. It was the weirdest thing. Like, you didn't like even have to change anything. You didn't have to sign a new contract or anything. Like, Singular died before the first iPhone came out. So that's over 10 years ago now. Because the iPhone was originally on AT&T. Why the hell singular. am I still thinking about it like it's happening recently? But, uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, ten years isn't that long ago. Like I, I remember I not, yeah. seeing. I remember the commercials and the ads online. And I remember shit, seeing my so. first iPhone. You know, like it seems like the other day. <laughs> so you know, it's not that too far away. Uh, here's the final piece. It has been ten years, hasn't it, it since they mm-hmm. launched the first? It's been iPhone. over ten years. Uh, it was, the oh ten God. year anniversary was uh, earlier this week or sometime late last week. Um, the final teaser we got here, though, and this is about the Super Bowl because that's happening in just two weeks now. Uh, but the Super Bowl is going to stream for free with commercials, mind you, on the Spock Sports Go app. Playback is also going to be available on several devices, including Amazon Fire, iOS, Android, Xbox One, and even the website itself. So you don't have to be a subscriber. You don't get just the game like they had last year. You're going to get the game plus live commercials by, brought to you by the local comp, uh, like uh, area. So you're not just going to get the national big spots that you can watch on YouTube the day before, but also the local little things too. So this is awesome. I really hope that during the nominations tomorrow for the Oscars that the Academy announces a similar thing. It is stupid that yeah. ABC has monopoly on this globally. Show us it on the internet, every award ceremony, every sports game. Everything huge should always be available for streaming now because if you don't let it, we're going to find a way to do it and pirate it. So mm-hmm. please, please, for the sake of everything Holy Academy, let everyone watch it. I don't have a problem. I got cable now, but please. Yeah, well, I, it, honestly, at this point, like, I can watch anything that's big live off my computer. That's Almost. just the world we live in. Or, yeah, like, well. Not the Oscars. 
I watch the yeah. I'm just saying, like it only makes sense that they get there eventually. So but I think Golden Globes is the if same they thing. don't, I'm not going to complain because I don't even know if I'm going to watch you're gonna it. Watch but if it. I have Fuck access, off. I didn't watch it last so, year. You're going to watch it. I'm just if I have access to it, it might be easier. But I don't know. Like I really don't care about award ceremonies. I didn't watch the Golden Globes. I didn't watch the Golden you know, Globes like, either. But there, I, I mean, I watched the the opening on YouTube the day after. It was really awesome. So you should check that out, especially if you guys like La La Land. Check that out. Uh, but no, 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 there's something different about the Oscars, even when it's bad. Like looking at like the Anne Hathaway, James Franco year, or the Steve Martin, Alec Baldwin year. Like even when it's bad, I just mm-hmm. I, I feel like seriously obligated to watch it. Like I have to, especially with us doing this show. Like I got yeah. to watch it. I like live tweeting the Oscars. It's fun. Like I don't. I'm not crazy about it. I don't live tweet the nominations and shit, but. It's fun. It's like it happens once in a year. It's not even when it's bad. It's not horrible. Um, you know the in memoriam segment, which is going to be oh my so God, fucking depressing uh, this year. I'm not watching it now. Just because bl- of yeah, yeah, right. It's gonna it's gonna I, be so. I, good. I love how you always say yeah, right. You're totally gonna watch. You're gonna that. watch yeah, when this have one. You been right. When have you been right about that? You're gonna watch ever. Rogue One in the I next say, two I'm months. I'm not gonna watch something. I don't. I have no idea when I'm going to watch two months. it. I really don't. I'm not rushing out to see it. When it comes out on DVD and Blu-ray, Netflix. I'll just be like, okay, it's there. Netflix. I can get to it when I still don't have you'll Netflix. Wa- you'll find a you way to that. watch it on Netflix. I'm not going to rush out to it. If I get it, it'll probably be because I'll be bored, and I'll just be like, all right, yeah, why not? Like, it, it's, it's, it's just a title I'm going to add on a watch list. Uh-huh. I doubt I'm going to rush out to it. Anyway, this is Penny Thoughts now. The headlines are going to come up very soon. Uh, This is the original Two Cents closing segment. Makes sense. We talk about the news, give our two cents on it. Now let's give our two cents on stuff that isn't major enough to get an episode of its own on Death Cinema or Dollar Views or whatever. This is just things that we did on our own. It's not a mutual viewing. It's just an individual little quick uh, snapshot of what we do. And this week I did a lot of the same. It's a... it's actually a mixed bag, but it's really interesting. The first thing I'll talk about is I did VR, and I did a lot of it. Uh, the major thing that I did was the London heist. This is something that was huge when uh, PSVR was shown off uh, over, what was that, like two years ago now? Wow. Um, and it's interesting. You can read all about this. You can watch videos. It's basically like a Guy Ritchie like, heist scenario. Yeah. Uh, it's like there's a, a shootout that happens on the freeway, which I'd already done before. There's like a a shooting, like kind of stealth moment that happens when you're trying to steal a diamond. Um, but more interesting things that happen aren't even involving interactivity with guns. It's just this is a seated experience. You're supposed to play it in a chair. And I try to fuck with the game. And much to my surprise, even though this is essentially a tech demo, it's on the, the world uh, PlayStation VR World's disc, which is what most people call a demo disc, even though it has a retail MSRP. You, no, I couldn't. Like, it was coded really well. Like, you, um, the framing structure isn't great, but you're, like, kind of being interrogated in a warehouse with a camera shining on you. And, like, I instinctively put my hand up to block the light because it was too bright. And much to my surprise, like, it stopped the light. It was really fucking cool. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so you're sitting in a chair. You're supposed to be, like, tied in the chair. And I went, you know, I'm my own man. This is my own game. I stood up and I got up in the guy's face. And I was like, wow, you're way shorter when I'm standing up. Um, But much to my surprise, his eyes were staying fixed on my eyes. Like, I... Later on, um, like, this weird moment happens where, like, a gun is taken out and whatever, and so you're getting a gun pointed at you, which is just unnerving, even in virtual reality, even if it's on PlayStation VR, which doesn't have the resolution or the field of view, such as the Vive or the Rift. 
even still, I was like, okay, I'm sitting down. It's a gun pointed at exactly. You. I'm sitting down. I don't like this. Let me stand up and like move so you can't point the gun at me. Same difference. Even though I was standing up and I wasn't supposed to be, they're pointing the gun at me. And uh, so there's other experiences on the disc that I haven't done. The London Heist is one that I knew I had to do eventually. There's like the shark, the deep sea shark diving one that I probably just won't do. Um, but I do have another VR game that I'm getting in the mail any day now called uh, Until Dawn Russia Blood, mm-hmm. which is like a really interesting hybrid. It's a on rails like roller coaster shooting range game, and then it also is scary. So there's jump scares. So I got it for ten bucks. It's supposed to cost 20 i'm gonna get it um i, I did no rush on amazon because i wanted the, the the pantry five dollar coupon or whatever um yeah london heist for what it is it's like one of six experiences or games on a disc that i got for free with my headset because i got the lunch bundle really interesting especially because that studio um was at uh, sony london they're already working on their next vr thing uh, so I, I'm curious to see what they can do when it's a full-fledged budget with uh, not a rush development cycle. It's not a tech demo because just from um, – I don't even know the right term, but just from a technical standpoint, it, it was really interesting. Even if the story didn't exactly work, if I didn't care about the characters, if I was confused. Uh, but, like, one of the cooler things that can happen, you're sitting, like, in a bar and someone's talking to you, like, in a, a, a fast-paced Guy Ritchie type of way, and you have a cigar in front of you, you have, like, a cell phone, you have a, you have a lighter. You can pick the cigar up in one hand, and then you can pick up the lighter in the other and light it. And because of the way that they coded it, if you inhale, the microphone on the headset knows you're doing it, and you're going to see, the like, the, the end of the cigar get lit. And then if you inhale long enough, when you exhale, you see smoke come out of your mouth, too. So just a really cool thing. How does it differentiate that with your vocal cords? Like, just... It just... Like, it knows. Like, could you be taught... That's It knows. Like, think about right... You know what I'm doing right now. <sighs> like, you can tell yeah. the difference between those two different it tones. It just recognizes the sound. It knows it, yeah. Like, it maybe something to do with the decibels, like, the, mat, the flow. I'm not sure. Uh, really cool. The, the smoke itself did not look you know uh convincing but even still it's just it'll get there it, it will get there eventually yeah. uh but really really cool um the next thing i did and this is also vr related i finally watched the playtest episode of black mirror this is the most recent season and it's on netflix this is the episode that's directed by dan trashenberg so this came out like just a couple of months after 10 club field lane left theaters uh basically i mean if you haven't seen black mirror it's like twilight zone but in the current era um, so almost every episode is like it, it kind of like instills fear in technology. And this episode in particular, I knew everything about it going in, like not the twist or anything, but I knew that it was a guy play testing like basically a VR experience. And I picked the weirdest timing because Greg, who's been on the show before, he actually co-hosted mm-hmm. episode 64. It's called a uh, VR Tech and Spec, where we talk about what he does. He's a uh, um, like uh, basically he. Uh, works out the kinks for VR experiences for his company, 3D Live. Um, And so the night of, right before I watched this episode, he invited me randomly to, to do a, to play test a VR experience with his company. And so I decided to watch this thing that's supposed to scare you about what can happen in virtual reality. And I did not sleep. I got like two hours of sleep. Uh, I had to like, I almost was late. It started at 9. Like, it was 9 to 3, okay? Like, it, close by. It was like a 15-minute drive. 
I, I was so late. Like, I set an alarm early at enough time. Somehow it didn't go off or whatever. I had jumped out of bed. I drank, like, a rock star. Like, I was speeding on the freeway. Like, it wasn't raining. <laughs> I was so happy. And then I go there, and it was... I basically, we basically did nothing, just sat around and talked and, and like, played music on our phones and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I can't exactly talk about what I play test. I didn't sign an NDA, so technically I can... Uh, but I don't want to do that. I, Out of respect. Exactly. I want to get rehired to do this again. But I was uh, playtesting something, not for his company, but for this company called Mediumation. And what they do is 4XD, which sounds like 4DX, and that's because they're basically the exact same thing in their competitors. So it's a chair that moves around with, with you know, air blasting on your face and water and scents and stuff. And so in a theater experience, you know, it kind of helps you be more there in the movie. But when you throw VR into that equation, it makes you feel like you're really there. So the experience I did was like a, an ATV, basically, that had like hydraulics and wind and scents and, and stuff like that. Uh, and it was a game. So it was a two-player game. Um, so there's like there's a, a driver and there's a gun and then there's it's going to be multiplayer, too. Uh, so this is going to be, I don't, they didn't say where it's going to be exhibited, uh, but really cool in terms of just, and this was on Oculus, um, but just in terms of, you know, this is still early days VR programming, but it was really cool, especially just being in an environment with people that are just as aware and um, knowledgeable about the thing that I'm most excited about on this show. And so, for instance, the guy that was actually programming the game that I was playing for, like, we were talking about PSVR, we were talking about a couple other things, VR porn, but then he brought up the Voids Ghostbusters thing from New York. He did it. Mm -hmm. So that was really exciting, hearing him talk about it, like, looking over a rail, being scared. Like, I was sharing things that he hadn't heard about. But it was just really exciting to be around people that, like I said, they're fully in the loop, and I'm the one, actually, on the outside looking in. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's the VR stuff I did this week. And then Greg, after we finished, he came home with me, and we did a couple other VR things. I showed him Super Hypercube, which you saw. He checked out a couple mm -hmm. other things. And so I, I'm pretty sure he's going to come back again. He's like, yeah, let me see more of that VR. Let me, let me check that out. <laughs> uh, uh, the final thing that I did this week, and this is like a... I'm just taking notes. But, yeah, yeah, this is like a multifaceted thing. As I said at the beginning of the show, on Tuesday, I was supposed to go... No, Wednesday. I was supposed to see... First off, I was supposed to see La La Land in IMAX with my aunt. That didn't happen. She had to cancel. So instead, I got a ticket to Manchester by the Sea. As you would know it, I fucked up. I didn't get to see my movie. I went and visited her anyway. Turns out that was the right thing to do. Turns out a cousin of mine died that same day or the night before. So she Jeez. yeah, she was like, you know, in a bad spot. This is someone that I didn't even know existed, really. I just met his mom like a couple of months ago at my like grandfather's wake. So, you know, just a lot of death in my family recently. And so, yeah, you know, I, I spent the night with her at home. And wouldn't you know it, this is the day that Damien Chazelle programmed a block on TCM. So we watched that. Uh... I watched about the final 30 minutes of The Umbrellas of Turinburg. I recorded that. I'm going to check that out. Totally fucking weird if you've never seen this. It's a Criterion Collection selection. It's going to be coming mm -hmm. soon. But the whole thing is a musical and not like... I, it's it, it's beyond description. Like, this is next to me. It's a new French, like French New Wave musical. It's so bizarre. Like, it's just... They're not singing. It's more like they're conversing in song. And it has... You can tell very obviously that this was a big in inspiration for La La Land because it even does, like, the fragmented seasons where, it, like, time jumps uh, and, like, the moods of that kind of stuff. But, yeah, you got to check this out. 
I'm going to watch it for real. Maybe it'll be a Death to Cinema thing, especially if La La Land wins Best Picture, which it probably will. Um, but mm. so weird. I think you'll really get a kick out of it too, especially because it's in French. Um, really <laughs> interesting. And the thing that followed Umbrellas of Schoenberg was Meet Me in St. Louis, which I'd never seen. So, you know, she saw this in theater. She saw it many times. I, I finally got to see it. This is, uh, fuck, not, uh, I forget, Vincente uh, Minnelli. Lies Vincent Minnelli. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, it's yeah Vincent Minnelli. So it's Lies Minnelli's dad. It stars Judy Garland. Makes sense. They met on that movie. They got married not too long after. Had the kid. Uh, but this is like a really strange musical. It's not even a musical. It's also fragmented in the La La Land type of way, where it's like here's a season, here's a season, here's a season, and it's not like a straightforward movie. And it feels like that. Like it snapshots in the life of girls growing up in St. Louis around the 1903 World's Fair. So just like a really interesting framing structure is like adapted from like a series of short stories. But why this is notable is because of the music that is in it. It really shocked me. Like there's this really good song about being on a trolley, whatever. Uh, do you know the Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas song? Much to my surprise, mm-hmm. it originates from the movie from 1943. And I, I like I had to pull up Wikipedia because I didn't believe my aunt. I was like, no, this isn't from a movie. She's like, yeah, it is. I was like, what the fuck? Damn. Yeah, like that's how the movie's not so great. I'm not a fan of Judy Garland. But, you know, it's Technicolor. It's only a couple years after Gone with the Wind or more mm-hmm. accurately The, the Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Oz. Um, and it's, it's a gorgeous film, but there's just like a lot of things wrong about it. But in terms of just have yourself a Merry Christmas. Yeah. Kind of like must watch territory. Uh, but that was, I didn't watch the whole block. The final thing of that night, it was a little too late. I had to leave was rebel without a cause. So he did pick everything he picked was, Hey, I made La La Land. (laughs) Here's the things that inspired La La Land. Check them out. Um, really interesting though, but rebel without a cause is kind of the obvious, the super obvious one. Just how many movies are shot at the Griffith Observatory? Transformers. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Optimus Prime pulls some, up at the Griffith well, Observatory. Well, more like they just go to the outside for some reason, just so that they can stand well, there and watch the the meteors fall or whatever yeah. the fuck it was. It, it was yeah. it was a total weird. It was cool. It was though. a weird idea, yeah. but yeah, it looks really cool. Just it is. Yeah, it's, it's cool. But yeah, that, that's yeah. what I checked out this week. If I had to buy anything for a dollar, it's that Black Mirror episode. Uh, well, definitely. <laughs> make you rethink some some tech stuff especially vr and it's just it's dan trachenberg and there's some funny like little there's a like portal 2 is shown in the in the episode mm-hmm. most notably got famous because he directed that portal fan film uh so yeah check that one out on, on netflix but what about you see what do you what do you check out this week i saw samurai cop 2 and it sucks the hair on my yeah nuts. no shit I fucking you, hated it so you, you remember in particular during the samurai cop episode for like the last 20 minutes when i talk about how making a movie like this on purpose is impossible unless it's really good like black dynamite so samurai cop 2 proved it right yeah well you know it's weird because it's like it's doing that. It's trying like, to do I, that. I read at the beginning. It's uh, it's it starts off in 1991, shortly after the events where he marries um, he marries the girl, but then she gets killed, and so <laughs> he he goes and just hides off on his own just to be alone. And you know, it even does the weird fucking. Uh, uh, color timing shifts and like Wait, has what? that you know guitar riff coming up randomly at points. So it's trying to be the same thing. But then also not when you cut to present day, it just becomes really weird. And like, you know, 
Samurai Cop at least makes sense when you're watching it, uh-huh. like compared to this, and that, like, as dumb as it is, okay, you get that there's a car chase happening. Okay, you get that those are bad guys, and you're told that they're drug dealers, and like, it's not delivered particularly well. But you at least know what is what for the most part. This, it's like, I don't know. Like, it, it just gets weird for the sake of it, and it's like the stuff in L.A. is present day in L.A., and then. There's stuff in Japan which looks more like it's, you know, it's not really Japan. They're just mm-hmm. sets that look like they're from a cyberpunk Lupusan film. And then the editing style is kind of like Spring Breakers. And it just is weirdly hallucinatory in that sense. And then Tommy Wiseau is in there and he's just losing his mind. And I don't know what the fuck he's doing. And there's so many random characters that are introduced where you have captions over who is what. And it's, it's like y- you literally do not know what you're watching and like none of this really makes sense and it's just fucking it's so boring when you're watching it like i you know i I think the biggest thing that they probably failed to do is like what sticks out what makes samurai cop more memorable is probably now i'm thinking about is the writing because really just you know the the insane scenes that come out of that scene just from the way that they're written and just the way that those interactions play out Mm -hmm. that is completely absent from samurai cop 2 because there's just no way they can recreate that like it just goes batshit crazy and does its own thing but it's also really self-aware and it just yeah it, it just uh it really really sucks like a lot like there there was only one funny scene um, but I mean, it's also what's weird though is like everybody from Samurai Cop is back in this one, like d- down to the smallest things. Like that—that's probably you know uh, the only stuff I really laughed at was when they were actually referencing the first one in somewhat amusing ways. Like even that fucking lion uh, head makes uh, an appearance um, for the love interest in this one. Uh, who I, uh, and even the love interest in this one—I don't know—it was—it was weird. Uh, the the, the fuck—you remember the waiter in the first movie? No. Uh, he comes back. Apparently, he was also a gun runner the whole time, so he's a criminal. And then they bring him back and make him a flight attendant in this one. Yeah, no. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I I don't know what you, you know what the, I I don't, I don't even like, think the, I want to talk about it anymore. The, I really this is what happens. It. Like I said, like because I listen to that episode, which isn't yeah. per, like something that happens frequently as soon as we record or when we finish recording, and mm-hmm. most of the conversation isn't even about the movie. It's literally about this class of film, and yeah, you should have just known. You should I should have known better. Yeah, no, no. It's it's like I still wanted to anyway, and like I I know there's a documentary just on the making don't. of this one, and I'm curious to check no, that don't. out. But uh, no, I mean, th- it's weird too. Like this thing feels more like a bad movie of today, and that it really feels like a film student just showing off his visual style off his DSLR camera, and like just throwing in all these really weird editing flourishes and thinking that he can make these really cool high-speed action sequences just because he can speed up the frame rate a little bit and make it look something like the raid but it's just no this is like bad filmmaking by today's standards and like uh, you know it, i appreciate something like that might be bad on samurai cops level even more now if that like accidentally ends up being entertaining Told it's like you. You know what's funny is like there's so many flashbacks to the first movie in um in in this one that like it's just weird you know like I don't care to put much of a stake in this argument anymore but if anyone wants to make a case for film being better than digital then they just need to show this movie 
because all the scenes from like the original movie look way way better and they were all shot in the day because they didn't have any lighting equipment for that movie so it's I don't I don't know it's just one of those things but yeah not like yeah, you told me and I had to do it anyway but also I mean I was sick so I was literally bored just yep. watching a bunch of stuff and maybe it was the cough syrup that I felt like I was hallucinating uh, during some of it but yeah this thing was just a weird fever dream that just was not pleasant and like I I literally laughed at one thing and it had nothing to do with uh um stuff that was actually happening with the main characters in the movie like this is just um this is just kind of like oh it's lazy like oh hey we made a cult movie and uh you gave us money for Kickstarter so let's do something else again and just poke at things that you like and it's like eh, I I don't I don't know and then I guess Tommy Wiseau I sort of laughed at the dumb shit he did but it, it it's just like eh it's no I just, think you've yeah, talked about Samurai Cop two longer than anyone else on the planet. Uh, what, what's yeah. your other, your no, other shit? I, I think there's bigger fans of it than uh, us. Uh, I would have rather watched Rogue One than Samurai Cop two. Still can think about it. Yeah, well, not yet. No. Um, uh, yeah, good stuff. I, I saw Hell in High Water. Hey, though. Um, I still got I got to see yeah. that this week. Yeah, I mean it's it's not going to crack my top ten, but you know it's a good um, like Coen Brothers light. Uh, mo- uh, crime movie. I mean, it's it's nice to see a, a West Texas crime movie and just like uh, the locations that they get here and just the general feel of it. Like, I I really like that stuff. Modern day western. Maybe. Yeah, but it's uh, you know, like yeah, there's uh, there's bits of um, of Blood Simple in there. There's bits of No Country for Old Men in there, but it's you know, it's uh, I mean, I I ultimately walked away from it going like, yeah, you know, that was really good. I wasn't wowed by it. It's just it's a nice simple crime movie. I really like the uh locations that they captured around in the feel. And yeah, it's uh you know, it's just a nice uh simple little western. There's not much to say about it. Highest there. grossing indie of 2016. How much did they make? I don't know. What's the highest grossing? Hmm. Yeah. Uh more so than La La Land. It's not indie. That's a summit film. Okay, yeah. Like, well, Summit Lionsgate is, in... is a major distributor now. After, I mean, you got Fifty Shades... Well, no, Fifty Shades of Grey is Paramount. But you got fucking... No, no, that's Universal. Universal? Um, yeah. Speaking of, that sequel is coming out so soon. Two weeks. Three weeks. Okay. Are you going to see no. it? no. Then let's not I'm just saying, you know... I was gonna. Say. Yeah, it took them two years to get there because they had no idea what the fuck they were doing as far as prepping a sequel... Like, it took them forever to get that off the yeah. ground. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... Well, it'll make money. It's going to make so much money. I predict opening yeah. weekend, even though it's going to be rated R, I would assume, it's probably still going to make, like, $70 million plus. Probably, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it just... I I mean, like, I know why that movie is successful, like, and, you know, it's it's fine. What's that fucking it's, line uh, from my letterbox review? I don't have sex. I fuck hard. <laughs> Anywho, uh, yeah, third thing. Uh, what could I go off on? Yeah, uh, you know what? Magnificent Seven. Um, the remake of the remake. Since I'm talking about Westerns. Yeah, uh, it's weird because it's actually a, a remake that should be a lot of fun, but then also... Yeah, the trailer. That first trailer looked a lot of fun. Yeah, it's like it has the ingredients of everything that should be really badass and cool, but then it feels very formulaic as it goes down the road, and it's like, 
it, I don't know. It's it's just like the, you know the way that the action plays out in the end. It's just like it feels kind of generic and it's just not that exciting. But the characters here are a lot of fun. Well, you've seen the Yul like Brenner the, the, version and yeah. and the original, right? Yeah, no, the the Kurosawa yeah. version and um. Also, Battle Beyond the Stars, which, um, you know, that's the Roger Corman version. But the reason that's significant is because that's James Horner's big yeah, first uh, break. Yeah. Yeah, like, and that score is still so great. Like, it's so great that uh, Corman kept recycling it and putting it in a lot of shittier movies that followed. But like, I love Battle Beyond the Stars, man. That movie is so much fun. And, like, I love that for James Horner's score, there's bits... Like little echoes that are lifted in here that just play out, and it's just it th- those you know the Horner's horns, I guess I'll I'll, pull, I'll call it that. It's just it's really I, I got giddy when I heard those. It's like, just, just his echoing. final movie, right? He doesn't have any more. Yeah, yeah, that's his official final score. Um, which I, you know I don't think he composed a hundred percent. Like you know the he, main theme, a, character a disc, themes. Yeah, with like yeah, he gave them like a disc with seven tracks before he died, and like worked out the script, but. There's another guy that's credited on working on the score as well, so I think that he had to fill in like the parts that he couldn't because you know obviously it's not like the whole thing is scored to film; it's yeah. it's scored to the script. But they inject it pretty well. Um, yeah, Denzel's fun. Chris Pratt fucking steals the show. Um, Ethan Hawke is good. Uh, <laughs> uh, who else? Vincent D'Onofrio. Like th- this is a really awesome cast, and it's just like the, the setup for this is so good. And then at the end of it, I'm just kind of like, well, you know, it was a it was a decent way to kill two hours. Like it's it's one of those movies where it's like, ah, I, I wish it was better, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot there that's really really fun. Yeah, I'll probably I, I know I'll see Hell or Hell Wider in like the next week, week and a half. Magnificent Seven. That's one of those like mid way through the year when I don't have any clue what to watch. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, there's that remake. Even though I know exactly how it ends. Oh damn it! I just re- I should have talked about Passengers. That's what I should. Oh, you saw about. that? I did see that, and I actually I was a lot more positive on it than everyone else. Like I, I think I see problems that other people have, but like, I I don't I don't know. At the same time, I'm not sure. Like I I don't want to spoil it because yeah, I know there's some problem with the ending that everyone hates. Where you're like you're well, watching the movie for like an hour and forty minutes, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? And then you hate the whole movie. Well, I think it's just like the final, let's say, two minutes. Yeah. It, uh, just the way that the movie ends, it's like it kind of slightly negates a bunch of the stuff that came before. But there's so much about it that is so freaking good that like I was just I was far more blown away by it just by. Uh, the simplicity of the premise, just how it took its time to like get to where it was going, and I like there's so many like just simple visceral thrills that are not like you know they don't f- they're not like big epic trailer moments that like feel very big and like overblown for a spectacle. It's like no, this is like a really big spectacle that you know just really chooses its moments to be thrilling. It's like everything feels like just as as entertainment like it unfolds organically and just sucks you more into it and like i'm 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 sort of trying to be cryptic just because i don't want to spill out details yeah. but like yeah there are some issues with it but like just as as a theatrical experience like i was just getting sucked into it more and more and i just got way more into it and i just really was looking forward to seeing where it was gonna go and i thought it was just great as entertainment well, too bad sony um, couldn't get a home run with that one they no, they're. It's um. I, I think I saw an article saying right now it's the highest grossing live action for Sony uh, film of last year. Y- yeah, and it's well, gonna that it's gonna make a little bit of profit. Like right now, it's about to cross. 
I think it's on the cusp of crossing 100 mil, but you know, I pretty would, soon La La Land's going to be the highest grossing live action film, probably as of next week. But it's, that's, no, it's that's doing Sony, decently though. enough no, worldwide. No, 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 no. I'm saying right now it's Passengers. Pretty soon La La Land will pass it. That, Star Wars. But, um, Star I mean, Wars Passengers Wait. original, original live action ah. film. Yeah. Well, um, La La but, Land is far from original. You know, Passengers is doing decent. Well, it's not based on anything. It's... It's an homage to something, but it's, it's an not homage like to a lot of things. Based it's, it's the pastiche yeah. of Hollywood. Whatever. I mean, Passengers is doing enough to make profit, and it'll be fine for that. It's just not a runaway hit. Anyway, Sony, they had a lot of trouble this year, and we're going to be talking about them in about 15 minutes. But before we get mm-hmm. there, we're going to pimp out our other shows, like I said we would. So you just hear, heard us review a couple of things, some movies, some video games, some life experiences. And if you want to listen to us do spoiler-free uh, reviews without recaps for new releases, we do that uh, every couple of weeks now because it's uh, the award season. So most recently we did L and La La Land. We have two episodes for both of those, actually. We have dollar views and then also a few dollars more, which is our more in-depth spoiler-ridden stuff. Um, other stuff from this year, Green Room, Swiss Army Man, Sing Street, those were all big hits. Uh, last year, we heard you heard us talk about Chirac for a minute. We got an episode on that. Anomalisa, The Revenant, those, uh, well, Anomalisa anyway, we got a special episode for that. If you like, uh, what's her name, Jennifer Lawrence, we did an episode for Joy. Also, The Hateful Eight, if you like The Magnificent Seven. Uh, and as we started... The- Just all the top ten stuff from last year. <laughs> Not our top ten. Uh, but... Uh, Joy was on. Was mine. it? It wasn't. None of those. Only it was, it was number only 10. Anomalisa was on my list from those. Um, and in terms of what we did this year, almost all of them are. Uh, but as I was talking about yeah. earlier, when we were doing Hellboy, talking about uh, DCU and Spider Man, we we cover a lot of comic book stuff. So if you want to listen to us talk about Batman vs Superman, you can hear three episodes of that. We did Suicide Squad, Doctor Strange. Uh, we have an episode for every Star Wars movie besides Rogue One, even the Star Wars Holiday Special. We did Ghostbusters. That was a big blockbuster. Uh, you can hear me talk about Warcraft. Anything that big that's basically like an action movie that that's AAA, or I wish I could say X. we have a review for. I really want to see that. I still want to see it. <laughs> I don't give a shit. It made a good amount of money. Oh, damn it. I could have also talked about Split. God nah, me. don't talk about oh. that. It doesn't matter. No, I, Everyone's yeah, saying it's amazing I, and it made a ton of mo- mo- uh, money. It's worth yeah, seeing. I, I want to see it. It's also fun. Like, if I get yeah. another free ticket this week, which I can check in just another hour here, I'm going to go for sure, and I want to probably mm-hmm. see Split, even though that's not my kind of movie. People are spoiling way too many things. Uh, I know right nothing now. about it. I just know yeah. that there's a twist ending, and I know it's supposed to be it's really good. It's best to avoid everything you can on I'm, it right now, because yeah, way too much is being said I'm pretty now. good about that. Uh, when it comes to things that aren't spoiled, though, you can listen to us do Debt to Cinema, which is our semi-topical list of shame show. So I said we just recorded an episode for Nine Lives, and no, that is not the film starring the cat voiced by uh, <laughs> Kevin Spacey. Or, Kevin or like, Spacey. I told you that they almost or, accidentally yeah, gave Or that, like right? eight other yeah. movies with the same title. This is from 2004, 2005, 2004. Uh, it's directed by Rodrigo Garcia. It's a really interesting anthology film and it's about nine different women. It's shot on film in like 10 and 13 minute segments basically that shoot an entire reel. It's all single takes. It's all blocked really well. So uh, you can hear us talk about that. It's going to be out probably Wednesday. Uh, some other stuff that we have, you heard us talk about Samurai Cop 2. 
We did Samurai Cop last week. The week before that, tricked by Paul Verhoeven because he won, uh, you know, well, L won rather, not him. Uh, some other stuff mm-hmm. we did recently, Mean Streets, Mixed Nuts, Joy Noel, Black Christmas. And we had Black Christmas. We, we were joined by Brendan from Screen 101. So they have a really good podcast. And he's going to be back with us in, uh, what, about two weeks now for My Bloody Valentine, the original, not the remake. Same goes for Black Christmas. That was not the remake, even though I do want to listen to that. Mind, mind you, like I said, uh, next Christmas, I was listening yeah. to... Um, some of our older episodes I was listening to the romance playlist on YouTube and the episode that we had Tyler on for two cents uh, what was that the mm-hmm. blowing smoke episode um, I was like oh yeah we did Black Christmas and he's like oh did you do the remake we're like no and you were like fuck no we didn't do the remake you're like actually no no we weren't doing it yet and he's like oh are you gonna do Black Christmas and we're like oh yeah maybe huh yeah and like that gave us the idea so that was a, a fun thing to re-listen <laughs> to uh, but yeah that's the stuff we do we do a lot of it we have I want to say probably 200 hours of content now or close to it. And we do it for free. We don't have ads. We don't have any kind of support except the people that listen to us. So, you know, if you want, you could pay us for our, what we do for you. Patreon.com slash all our reviews. We have all kinds of incentives there. Most notably, you could sponsor us and we'll pimp you out on any of our shows or maybe all of them. We can work out a deal. Stuff like designing business cards. I, I, I like doing that. I haven't done it in a while, but I can make one for you. All kinds of different stuff. And if you don't have the money to do so, but you want to support us anyway... Every little counts. You can follow us, like us, whatever, on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. I think I want to make an Instagram now. That'd be fun. Uh, but even better than that, iTunes or Google Play Music. You could just follow us. You could you know, subscribe to us. Or better yet, leave us a review or some comments. We love feedback. You can send us emails, whatever. As I promised, though, at the top of the show, and we're finally there, There's the here's the headlines, which is kind of a misnomer because usually you start with the headlines, but whatever. I like saving it just mm-hmm. because I don't know why, but I do. Uh, but the big one this week isn't actually that big but i thought it was the coolest thing uh rumor has it that james cameron is working with tim miller on the final chapter in the terminator franchise tim miller if you don't know the name is the man behind deadpool he directed that before that he was a visual effects uh guy but why this is notable is because 2019 marks the 35 year anniversary of the first terminator which means that the copyright are going to revert back to Jim Cameron and he apparently wants to finish things off. They want to finalize it. So who knows if Genesis Salvation or Terminator 3 are going to be part of the timeline. Maybe they'll like reboot in some way. I hope Genesis is kept in there somehow just because of how positive James Cameron was on it. But this is exciting. It's very... Uh, unoften, it's infrequent that the creator of a franchise gets it back in his possession, and and also I think uh, what's his name, the guy that um, that runs Skydance, uh, yeah, uh, um, Elson, D- David mm-hmm. Elson, yeah. Um, I I think he's still planning on being yeah. involved. I I read that mm-hmm. right. Okay, yeah. So I I don't know. I don't. I doubt they'll retcon Genesis, especially since he was so proud of it and Cameron was so positive on it. That'd be really weird. If they yeah, we that. weren't so positive on it. We have an episode for that. That's Dollar View season yeah. two. Um, but there are good things. Oh yeah, there's about some good it. stuff. Most most yeah. notably, uh, no, not not really anything notable. Uh, it's it's a it's a good script. It, it's just I don't know that if that movie had a different director, I think it had a different uh, just advertising like facility. That too, yeah, if they just promoted that just, a completely they had way. they had good information they just failed to deliver it properly. it's like people gave suicide squad a lot of shit because you know quote unquote they put all the good stuff in the trailers or the the, the <laughs> publicity made it seem like a movie that it totally wasn't whatever you can hear lots of people say different things about that film but you know they got the they sold it the way that it had to be sold 
sold. Whereas Terminator, they just ruin yeah. everything. Like you, if you've seen the trailer for that one, you don't have to see the movie. You're not going to get anything extra. There's not even any good action set pieces. But hey, you do get a Chinese Terminator as the bad guy. Uh, and China, you know, they're pretty big time on the show. We opened up with AMC theaters buying more theater chains owned by Dylan Wanda. Here's another Dylan thing. Uh, Thomas Tool the CEO of Legendary Entertainment, stepped down this week. He leaves behind a 12-year legacy, which includes a ton of big movies, most notably almost everything Christopher Nolan did at Warner Brothers, including the Dark Knight trilogy, Godzilla, Pacific Rim, some other smaller things, uh, Seventh Son, which was a stinker, uh, but did pretty big things for mostly an independent production company, even if they were attached to the hip of other studios, whether that be Warner Brothers or Universal. Uh, so who knows what Wanda's going to do now? They have a slate still. They got, you know, King Kong Skull Island, which is already out, so that one's fine. They got Godzilla 2. Is that on China? Well, I'm not right? saying it's out, but I'm saying, like, you know, they're they're it's editing it. Yeah, soon. like, it's going to be out later yeah. this year. Um, but they got King Kong versus Godzilla. They got Pacific Rim 2. They got... Uh, shit, what else? I don't know. But, you know, they got a lot of stuff on their slate that's already been announced. Uh, Jurassic World 2 is going to be legendary. So... Who knows what they're going to do, and this kind of sucks for them, but I would have to imagine that Thomas Tool got a lot of money from a severance package, and he's probably just done doing Hollywood things. Um, mm. But this isn't the only China thing. Like That's kind of big news. The real Chinese thing this week is uh, that Paramount has just signed a three-year, $1 billion deal with China. Terms are with the Shanghai Film Group and Huahua Media, and they're going to be co-financing 25% of the output and possibly even market the new slate at home. Uh, they're hoping for 15 to 17 films a year for the next three to four years, which is up from just eight in 2016. It's hard to imagine that a major film studio would only put out eight movies. What year is this? Um, but yeah, this is a natural fit since uh, Huahua helped produce Jack Reacher 2 and Star Trek Beyond. So... They already were working with Paramount, but a billion dollars projected over three years, they should just sell their studio at this point. Like, what? what's the point? Like, what? if you're getting that much money from the outside, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Like, when's the last time Paramount had an honest-to-goodness big hit? I mean, they got Transformers in a couple of months, but outside of that... Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Eh, I mean... That was a critical success, and it was a hit. It was it was a fairly good hit. It was a but, modestly budget film that made uh, like, but there there's never been like a giant money maker billion dollar grossing flake in a long time. Uh, probably this next Transformers will get them there, but even then, there's a lot of uh, Chinese money behind that, especially since that last movie appealed to the Chinese demographic like more so than America. Paramount put out. Uh, Terminator Genesis, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. The Star Trek movies. It did in China. Sure, because, like I said, they had a Chinese bad guy, uh, and it was produced by China, too. Um, Alibaba. But, uh, no, like, Star Trek Beyond didn't do well. Like, it, I don't know. I think it broke 100 mil. It did, it it did okay. Did like, decent. you know, if war, I'm pretty sure Warcraft grossed more worldwide than Star Trek. It, it made 60 mil in China, though, so Star Trek Beyond was not exactly a big hit over there either. Um, which is weird because, you know, they do have an Asian person on their crew. I don't know if that means much. Well, but no, I mean, still. like, they don't... They're not it, that oh, it's big directed on by a Chinese the filmmaker. Side. They're not that big on... Uh, Justin Lin? No, I'm, I mean, on, like, uh, anything with Star in the title. Like, even Star Wars is not a crazy 
thing over there. Like, Rogue One did okay over there. Force Awakens did okay, but, you know, they're not... They're not... Uh, yeah, but this is... I, I guess expected this, to be This the is same. Justin Lin, you know? Even if they haven't seen and, his shit, they would see the name and be like, oh, yeah, he's from here. Let's, uh, let's see that one, maybe. But I, I don't... I, We've known for a while now, like over a year, that Paramount's been toying with the idea of selling a big stake in their their studio. Maybe Viacom sells it outright, and we're just going to have a new person. And we know Dylan Wanda wants to own a movie studio. So Paramount kind of just opened the door. But even more so than that, the rumor around town is that Sony is looking to sell its TV and film business altogether. And this comes just a week after their CEO left to go run Snapchat. Uh, so the... The rumor, like I said, is if the Emoji Movie and Spider-Man Homecoming don't do well, they're going to pull out. They're going to stop doing it. They're just going to focus 100% on uh, video games and consumer electronics. They were in Hollywood for you know a good 25 years, but if it's not going to be working for them anymore, they've had really, really bad uh, track record. Basically since Spider-Man 2, it seems like, that, uh, yeah... Mind you, not the um, Hancock made money. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like it, but it was a huge hit. That wasn't too far after Spider-Man Two. Was that oh eight, oh seven? It was oh eight. Yeah, yeah. Th- that was the Dark Knight summer where there was a lot of great stuff out there. Yeah, I, I, I think this is uh, right on the money, especially since they haven't announced an interim CEO. And yeah, they they've tried and tried again. Uh, just between Spider-Man, just looking at that, that's a co-production with Marvel Studios. They're not even making Spider-Man by themselves. Like this is their big baby that they've had since you know the early 2000s. Kind of cemented Columbia as a as a force to be reckoned with, or Sony on the whole. They don't own the rights to, to James Bond anymore. Um, like you know, they've had some kind of big hits recently between like the Hotel Transylvania movies, or just anything that Sony Pictures Animation does. Trolls, um, uh, what you call it, the Fuck, what's that movie called? Sausage Party. Uh, like, their animation group is good. You know, they got their, their Spider-Man movie next year. But, yeah, live action, you know. I mean, what, super bad? It's been a while for that, too. Like, that's all, any of, like, the too, Will Ferrell yeah. stuff, like, it's been a while. Like, any of their Judd Apatow stuff. They used to make a lot with comedies. Yeah, and yeah. they've kind of just hit the skids over the last couple of years. And I think that's just because they fragmented things. And between the hack and Amy Pascal leaving, like, look at Ghostbusters. Like, that was not a bad movie, but it was marketed wrong. They they went for, the, like, no one cares anymore that they made an all-female cast at Ghostbusters. It didn't work. It wasn't because it was the female cast. It's a real funny movie. It's just, it's a comedy that happens to be a blockbuster and supposed to be the other way around. It's Ghostbusters, you know? Um, and so I don't know what else they have planned. Like I said, the rumor is, you know, Emoji Movie's coming out before Spider-Man. Spider-Man's going to be in July. If Spider-Man doesn't do well, which it has to, they've already announced a sequel. People are sold on that. I would predict that it's going to probably make like 600 or 700 million just in the States alone. But yeah, if for some reason, if something goes wrong, I wouldn't be surprised by the end of the year if, yeah, they do announce, hey, we're pulling out. We're going to be only PlayStation now. Um... And that would be really interesting, too, because I, I wouldn't be surprised if that were to happen. If they pulled back on some of their adaptations, such as The Last of Us and Uncharted, and decided to just put those out on PlayStation under their PlayStation Originals banner, which would be the smartest thing to do. 
Uh, that way they would they they know how to run a movie studio. They know how to attract talent, and they well they sort of know. Um, and they also have a, a huge distribution platform. There's over like 53 million just PS4s alone out there. Not to mention PS3s and Vitas and and cell phones. Like I have uh, all of those things. Um, but yeah, I. It's like the proof's in the pudding too. We're announcing we're talking about the CEO leaving. The bigger thing that left this week, Seinfeld jump ship. Seinfeld is the next comedian to leave where he was prior to go to Netflix. So Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee is leaving Crackle, the entire library, and a new season, which is going to have over 20 episodes, is coming to Netflix by the end of this year. It's also going to be getting two stand-up specials, just like Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle. And it's also going to be signing him for a production deal. So Jerry Seinfeld is going to be doing a lot there. He's going to be overlooking scripted and unscripted content. He's going to be bringing comedian cars, getting coffee, and, like I said, two comedy specials. Uh, Industry insiders peg this at being over $100 million, which makes sense since Chris Rock is getting $20 million just for two comedy specials. So you you can price the comedy specials at $20 million, him doing the production deal, we'll call that like 10. And then, yeah, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee is a really big hit. Uh, that library with all the you know the, the special guest stars they have, including Barack Obama, uh, plus over 20 episodes. Um, yeah, that it just it doesn't look good for Sony. They must have done this on purpose. Like, this is proof that they are not serious about TV and, and movies anymore. This is, you know, like a year after they sold the Seinfeld rights to Hulu. They could have kept those. They could have put that on, on on Crackle. So I don't even know. You there? Uh-oh. I wonder if his computer died. Oh. Maybe he fell asleep. I mean, I can finish this alone if I have to. I think I have to finish it alone. Let me check my phone. Maybe you texted me? Nope. Okay. So I'm going to finish this one alone. The show's almost over anyway. Uh, so, yeah, Sony, it's not just comedians and cars getting coffee. It's not just their movie studio. It's not just their streaming. Um, you know, I was talking about the London heist earlier in the show, talking about PSVR, how exciting that is. Uh, it's, some things have happened lately over the last week or two that the internet is. Let me give them another minute. Like, I don't. He's been pretty tired for a while now, so he's probably actually asleep, but... Is this part of the show exciting, guys? He's not on Facebook. It says he's on Skype, but I don't... I don't know. Try calling him again. But yeah, anyway, uh... I don't want to believe it because I own one myself, but the internet is fearing that Sony might be pulling away from PlayStation Virtual Reality. 
especially since they just shut down one of their studios. Uh, the studio in question is Gorilla Cambridge, and that's a studio that made their esports hopeful rigs. I didn't buy the thing. Um, it's still going to get support. It's still going to be online. It's still going to have the servers up, but they just put out a big DLC package a couple of weeks ago. That's going to be the last of the of the VR. I mean, the last of the DLC for that game, which is sad. Uh, but given that there virtually hasn't been any restocking of the headset since launch, and also that, in, you know, like the the move controllers aren't great um, and things of that nature, but like Upload VR in particular had this write-up about a lack of support for both PlayStation Move when it was launched on the PS3 in 2011 and also the PS Vita just a year after that, that they might be abandoning the, the headset already. I, mean, I don't know what to think about this because Resident Evil 7 literally just came out and that's like a big selling point. But I own the move. I've owned it since it came out. I own a Vita and I use both of them, whether you know that's in VR or not or at home or whatever. Uh, I, I don't know, especially since PSVR just got YouTube 360 support, which is something that I, in my research I found out is only available on PlayStation in terms of a tethered headset. Otherwise, it has to be mobile. You're on Google Play or Google Cardboard or Gear VR. Oculus and HTC Vive do not have YouTube support natively. So, I I don't know. I, I, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt, but uh, there is enough there that, yeah, I am worried. Um, and, and VR had a big week, and the rest of the show is that. Uh, probably the biggest thing that happened is that Palmer Lucky came out of hiding. He reappeared from the darkness at the ZeniMax court hearing. If you never heard of them, basically they're the company that is claiming that Oculus and IE Facebook stole their idea. And there's a lot there, especially because uh, how did this kid in his garage create a consumer-facing VR headset that could be backed uh, on Kickstarter? How did he know that? When you had John Carmack, who's the CTO of Oculus now, working at Zenimax at the time, uh, they believe that he ran with some of their secret stuff, made Oculus, took the money, worked for Facebook, all these things. And it's a really interesting point. Um, but I, I think it's more just notable that Palmer Lucky showed up and also that he wasn't wearing sandals and a Hawaiian shirt, which I almost wore as like a cosplay joke when I did my playtesting gig earlier this week. Um, this is the final thing on the show, and I wish that Steve was on it for this. Like I said, I don't know where he went. He died. Maybe his computer died. Maybe he's asleep. I don't know. Maybe his computer crashed. Uh, but we know about the Fox Innovation Lab, which is behind the upcoming Rise of the Planet of the Apes VR experience. They also did, like, The Martian and Wild. Uh, they, they, they're in cahoots with the virtual reality company, especially Michael Stromberg. But it turns out that that was just the first step. The new thing that they announced this week, not necessarily at Sundance, but right in the perfect timing for it, is something they're calling Fox Next. And this is a collaboration between Fox and Within for wholly immersive content, not just tie-in promotional worlds. So the first project is a Apes Experience of their own, which is going to be followed by I Remember You, which is directed by Within founder Chris Milk. And it's going to be developed by Spike Jones and also produced by the two of them along with Megan Ellison of, you know, Annapurna fame. So Within and Annapurna worked together on Life of Us, which premiered at this year's Sundance. That's a VR experience also. And uh, Milk added that the two announced Apes projects couldn't be any more different in how we're building them or the end result. That's what's exciting about this new medium, though there is no right answer. Uh, I'm excited. I hope that 
especially since Within is on PlayStation VR and Google Cardboard, it's everywhere, there is no monopoly on this, that this is going to lessen the amount of time it takes for a major production to be available to the public. And also, there is no price window on Within. So this is free content as of right now. Maybe they'll have ad support. I'm not sure. Maybe we'll have to buy the content eventually. I hope not, though, and it's very exciting. Like I said, though, that is the end of the show. That is the week in uh, summary. Thanks for listening. You can find us on the internet, dollarviews.net. We're on Facebook, Twitter, WordPress, Tumblr. You can listen to us on Google Play Music, iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Podcat. Usually at the end here, Steve says goodbye too, but he's not here, so he won't. If you don't know where he went, I don't either. Hashtag where's Sasha. Uh, send us some tweets. Do something. Maybe I can get a hold of him. I hope it's been a pleasure. I hope you've had a good one. Can't wait to hear from you again. See ya. <laughs>